Whoever loves his life loses it, but whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. So says Jesus to Andrew and Philip in today's gospel. There's nothing warm and fuzzy about these words. They're actually pretty jarring. Hopefully they serve to get our attention because no doubt that's what Jesus intends. He wants our attention because what he has to say is of utmost importance. In fact, it's of life or death importance and not just regular life or death, but eternal life and death that Jesus is referring to. It doesn't get any more important than that. The saying of Jesus is so antithetical to everything that our society tells us. And it also seems to be antithetical to just being human. Society or the world, for lack of a better term, tell us that we need to be happy. And this idea is built into every commercial, ad, marketing strategy in our consumer-oriented society. We've been bombarded with this idea over and over again throughout our lives to the point that even questioning what this means is almost unheard of, if not completely heretical to what it means to be human. And we're told that happiness is achieved through personal self-fulfillment and self-expression and now even self-definition. In other words, just following our own will. We can invent and reinvent ourselves. We can decide who we are and how the world must see us. Because happiness is the most important thing. Nothing should get in the way of what we need to do to be happy. So says the world. But is it wrong to want to be happy? Well, of course it is not wrong to desire happiness. This is a fundamental part of being human. Everyone desires happiness, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, God put that desire for happiness within us. And everyone is seeking it in one way or another. So what exactly does Jesus mean when he says that we should hate our lives in this world? Does this mean that we're supposed to go through life being miserable, not enjoying anything, feeling guilty if we experience any kind of pleasure? No, God created this world and everything in it, and he saw that it was good. He's given us this beautiful world to live in. He's given us all kinds of delicious food to eat. I suppose he could have made us like cows, just content to eat grass, but he did not. He has showered us with so much abundance. He's created us with the capacity to love and be loved. This life and this world can be so wonderful that it's no wonder that we are reluctant to leave it. But our desires and our perceptions can be distorted. Because of our fallen human nature, our desires and our perception of reality have been distorted and disordered by sin. We can and do desire things that are not good for us. But the thing is, we perceive these things to be good. If we didn't, we wouldn't desire them. And furthermore, God didn't create us to live in this world forever. As beautiful as the world uh, can be and, and often is, it's still a fallen world. It's, it's a world affected by sin and death, which casts this gloomy shadow over life. That is why God sent his son Jesus Christ into the world to establish a new covenant between himself and humanity, an everlasting covenant that he would write upon our hearts, as Jeremiah foretold in our first reading. And Jesus established this new covenant through his death on the cross and his resurrection. 
But the new covenant has not yet come to fulfillment. It will only be brought to fulfillment in the next life. And when it has, sin and death will be banished forever. And we will experience eternal life, eternal happiness. That's what God has created us for. That is what our souls are ordered to. Anything that gets in the way of that, anything that gets us off track, will not lead us to happiness. But again, because our desires and our perception of reality have been distorted by our fallen human nature, we perceive things that do not lead to eternal happiness to be good for us in some way, and we pursue them. Back to Jesus' words, whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. And he also says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And whoever serves me must follow me. The seed that is buried in the ground germinates and eventually grows into a plant or a tree and produces fruit, something that can be eaten, that serves as, as nourishment, that in turn gives life. Jesus himself had to suffer, die, and be buried so that he might rise to a new and everlasting life and to give us the possibility of sharing in his eternal life. But in order to receive this, we must follow him. Just as Jesus denied himself, all the way down to laying, his, laying down his life for us on the cross, so too must we deny ourselves. When Jesus refers to this world, he's referring to the spiritual powers of sin and anything in the world that is in rebellion against God and goes against his plan for creation. He does not mean that we should hate our human existence as such. So we must deny ourselves any attachment to sin, all selfishness, all self-centeredness, all pride, and all the other sins and vices. And like Christ, we must live our lives primarily for others. We must lay down our lives for them. God did not give us this life for us to lead a self-centered existence, pursuing our own desires at the expense of everyone else. He created us and he gave us everything that we have so that we might use our lives and use our talents and our gifts to love and serve and lay down our lives for others. Husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, live that out in a very concrete way. There are countless times, as no doubt you're aware, when they have to deny their own wishes and their own desires for the sake of their spouse or their child. There are many times in marriage or in parenthood when you don't experience happiness per se, maybe even for long stretches of time. But you persist, you persevere through the challenges, you get through it, and in doing so, you are preserving yourself for eternal happiness and eternal life. And everyone who is single, whether, whether it's a, a temporary or a permanent state of singleness, which all of us experience in this life, it's also meant to live, everyone who is, experiences this state of singleness is also meant to live his or her life for the sake of others. It looks differently from spousal love or parenthood, but the call to love and serve and lay down our lives for others remains the same. And when we do this, we exchange temporary partial happiness for permanent total happiness. And no, it's not always easy. Sometimes it's very, very hard. 
but it's also not impossible with God's grace. And it is not a path that we walk alone. Jesus walks it with us. And it's the path that leads to eternal life. 